From hook and bullet to policy and science, we're here to discuss and dissect all matters of importance to Montana's rugged landscape and the people and wildlife that call it home. This is Montana Untamed. In late September, the Legislative Audit Division released a report investigating Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks' Enforcement Division. The audit documented a division riddled with morale problems and distrust in management. What's more, the report found Fish, Wildlife, and Parks' Human Resources Division, which is responsible for all FWP employees, was opening the agency up to the risk of litigation because of its practices. Prior to the audit's publication, the Enforcement Division chief retired with an additional $150,000 in compensation. Two top administrators were reassigned, and UFWP's director has stepped down and been replaced. Here to talk about this audit today is Brett French, outdoor editor at the Billings Gazette newspaper. Um, Brett, can you just give us a picture of what this audit looked at? Yeah, hey, Tom. The audit looked at a number of things within the enforcement division. Obviously, the morale was the one that attracted the most attention and the distrust of uh, human resources and hiring practices within the agency or the division. And uh, it also looked at how the wardens do their job uh, they were using a computer system called Smart Cups on which they were supposed to log the different uh, calls they were making. Uh, so if they were working on something like, say, a fishing access site contact or a landowner contact, those were supposed to be logged into this system. But the audit found that uh, the agency had never really decided how to use this information to track it or assess it. And uh, those are the main main highlights of what they looked at in breaking down what's going on at the enforcement division. Okay, so in the top, uh, you know, the audit pointed out a, a low morale. Um, why was morale? Why was it Why was it identified that morale was particularly low in the enforcement division? Yeah, this goes. Uh, back to the hiring practices. Uh, they uh, was changed under the past chief and allowed the chief the final say on the hiring, whereas before it was usually a committee of uh, chosen FWP officials. Um, that was one of the reasons uh, the HR division had leaked out uh, classified or private information, reportedly. Uh, there were also concerns about the chief going, instead of through regional managers for the wardens, directly contacting wardens. And uh, there was just a concern among some of the wardens surveyed about, you know, whether they were being uh, essentially respected in, in for the duties that they were doing. So uh, a, a variety of things that really affected the morale in the department. Yeah, I mean, like, it sounds to me like this wasn't just one 
action or one manager or one specific episode that you know the morale was decreased it sounds like it was kind of a whole portfolio of different things that were you know on the minds of wardens that were surveyed yeah and out of i think it was 106 wardens uh, only 70 some responded that surprised some of the wardens that uh, used to work in the agency that i talked to Um, they thought there would be higher response to finally being able to speak out on some of these issues but i they also speculated that maybe some were still worried about blowback if, if they did talk out. Um, so, yeah, there's that concern about uh, whether what you say is actually confident or, or con- in confidence or not. Right. And I guess before we go further, um, can you just give listeners a, a quick primer on what uh, this audit is, what the Legislative Audit Division is? Um, this is a this is a standard a standard process through you know checks and balances from one branch of government to the other correct right so the legislature can uh, request audits on issues or parts of government that it's concerned about um, to shed more light on what's going on I guess in the past these audits of the wardens were pretty minor you know and what they found procedural type stuff according to people I talked to, nothing of this nature. Uh, FWP faced another audit earlier this year regarding its licensing program. Folks might uh, remember all the problems with the licensing bureau issuing special tags to people and then uh, going back and taking them back after they found out the process was faulty. And so this is the second audit of FWP in, in recent months. But, yeah, it's directed by the legislature to give them more insight and oversight of the agencies, state agencies. All right. Thanks, Brett. That, that definitely helps. Um, so your story reported that the problems um, went further back than uh, the previous chief. Uh, flesh that out for us. Yeah, so the I've been reporting about problems within the enforcement division going way back. And as far back as 2012 in the previous administration, the Bullock administration uh, reportedly had heartburn with the wardens after they left the public employees union, which was seen as kind of a democratic stronghold, the public employees union. So the wardens broke out on their own, uh, started a separate union. And uh, so they were seen as kind of an outlier. They needed to be brought under control when uh, Jeff Hagner was brought back in for the second time as director of FWP way back uh, almost 11 years ago. So the issue rose then, you know, that uh, there's problems within the agency. And then uh, there was also a really uh, sad incident with a, a warden outside of, or worked in the, out of the Bozeman office Uh, shooting her husband and infant child and then committing suicide. Um, Her husband was also a warden. Uh, This raised concerns about morale, obviously, and management in the region. And so this was all going on uh, about the same time uh, when some of these uh, issues started really kind of gaining steam inside the division. Hmm. So 
you know, this this uh, unsteadiness of the enforcement division has, uh, like you said, it's gone. It, it hasn't been uh, stuck to one administration or the other. We've seen both political parties at the helm of the agency and still um, different issues have popped up in the in the enforcement division. Is that correct? Correct. And uh, I think what a lot of people maybe don't realize is the political influence on these divisions within the state, you know, even though um, people that work in the agencies are there through different administrations, as the different governors come in and appoint new directors, uh, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, meet the governor's agenda in different ways. And so uh, it doesn't matter who's in office, there's always some uh, ideas about the way things should be going. And um, people may remember when the Gianforte administration or Gianforte was campaigning for governor, he said that FWP had declared uh, war on landowners. So he definitely went into office with a specific design on how FWP should be reformed and in regard to its attitudes with with uh, relations with an- landowners, and a reform under the most uh, under the Gene Forte administration is kind of a centralization of the chain of command. Is that correct? That was certainly the case in the warden's division. Whether that was directed uh, from him or uh, came down from the former director Hank Warsich, that's uh, uh, unclear. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was so serious that, uh, in, at least in the enforcement division anyway, uh, that they hired, FWP hired outside investigators, uh, apparently some lawyers, to look into the problems within enforcement division. Right, right. Okay, and so um, stepping outside of the enforcement division here for a second, um, another uh, sticking point in the audit um, was FWP's Human Resources Division. Um, they were singled out, and, and why why were they singled out and receive such criticism? Yeah, in, in some respects, this is almost more troubling to me than than the Enforcement Division was, because at least the uh, Enforcement Division problems have been highlighted now and are are being addressed. Uh, Whereas with the HR, um, they could not find documents that the auditors requested. Um, Even when uh, they were given the documents from, so for an example, the enforcement division leaders uh, were annually reviewed and human resources couldn't produce those reviews whereas the, uh, the leaders had, had copies of the documents. So <laughs> obviously they were either destroyed or mislaid or uh, it just looks pretty fishy however you look at it. And, does, the audit, uh, d- does the audit lay blame one way or the other, whether it was uh, you know, nefarious in nature or whether it was negligent? They say it opens up the... Uh, human resources to litigation and uh, for obvious reasons. But um, one of the problems is there's been huge turnover there too. So they've gone through five different uh, leaders in human resources in the past decade, and they're currently recruiting for a new one. So 
you know, anytime there's turnover, obviously there's there's going to be some discontinuity. But you'd think that the the people that remain in place would, I mean, there's systems in place to track this kind of stuff, and filing uh, these kinds of reports. Uh, it, it just mm-hmm. it, it just looks suspicious and nefarious, even if it isn't. And for the record, has there been any litigation brought against uh, the Human Resources Division or the agency with regards to these practices? Well, uh, going back to when the previous chief was chosen for his position, uh, it was because of a decision by Human Resources and the State Board of Appeals that uh, he should be appointed over who the director appointed because they cited problems with uh, the hiring process. Um, The chief who was forced to step down uh, took his case to appeal through the state channels, uh, was shot down, took it to court and was shot down, but uh, he hasn't given up yet. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of highlighted how strange the hiring practices was where they went in and removed somebody already in the position and gave the new person a choice of jobs. He could either take the chief or the assistant chief, and he took the chief job. So uh, that whole incident was just a, a really messy process and revealed a lot of problems within the department, I think. Hmm. Okay, so the report and previous reporting that you've worked on has highlighted uh, this division among wardens that's been characterized as cops versus cowboys. Can you describe uh, what that means? Right, and that came up in this whole chief hiring process um, when they interviewed different people within the uh, department for this appeal of the decision. Um, They described the culture within the department as cops versus cowboys. So cops being what the new chief brought to uh, the fore was more of a military uh, cop-like enforcement, um, wardens wearing body armor, carrying ARs, that kind of uh, uh, look even, whereas in the past, wardens were typically dressed in Levi's and a a green shirt. Um, The cowboy idea that they were out on the landscape to work on uh, wildlife issues, relations with landowners, make contacts with hunters and anglers. Uh, Under the new chief, they had uh, opera, memorandums of understanding with some of the counties, especially in southwestern Montana, to also cite people for things like um, illegal possession of alcohol or driving violations, something that the wardens in the past wouldn't, wouldn't have dealt with or would have had just referred to the county authorities. So the culture was this, you know, the old school maybe, if you want to call it that, we're here for the hunters, the anglers, working on wildlife issues to the cops' idea of being more, um, more of a 
enforcement type division of all all rules, not just wildlife rules. Do you have any sense of if if kind of the more I don't know this transition, uh, this change in maybe the way uh, wardens operate and approach has has uh, changed opinions with you know hunters or recreationists or anything I, I guess in your in your interviews um has it changed people's experience with wardens do you know no i haven't heard much on that one of the other interesting things that was highlighted in the audit is that the, the investigative unit of the uh, enforcement division was disbanded you know and those are the guys that do these uh, deep dive investigations undercover into a lot of times it's outfitting uh, irregularities. Uh, so to see that go away was somewhat concerning. Um, obviously, uh, outfitters are probably, um, I guess I shouldn't say that, they're not happy to see it go away because they want the bad people out of there as much as anyone else. But uh, right. you know, those undercover operations always uh, lead to some concern about whether it's entrapment or, you know, they're actually just doing what they would do anyway. But um, right. I haven't heard anything from hunters and anglers personally. And I know when I'm in the field, the few contacts that I've had with them, you know, they've always been really pl- polite, professional, um, and helpful, you know, even providing information, you know, where they've seen seen game and uh, where I could go. So, yeah, I, I've always found them to be uh, very easy to work with and, and generally uh, good guys who do a tough job, you know, going into situations where most of the other people they encounter, especially during the hunting season, are also armed, you know. So it's, it's a little edgy going in there. Right. And there's yeah, been a and, lot and of I... – go ahead. Yeah, and I, well, I was just going to echo echo your experience with wardens. I've I've had the same experiences, and and oftentimes they are, uh, you know, valuable valuable resources when it comes to uh, information about landowners or about wildlife. Uh, certainly. Yeah, and one other thing I was going to mention is you know there there's just like any agencies, there's been a lot of turnovers in enforcement too, and so um, a lot of new faces, a lot of more female wardens now you're seeing which is good um but that you know that's also meant that uh, they're they're learning the ropes you know so a lot of new people a lot of training uh as the baby boom boomer age out and new people come into the workforce but i think they, they're seeing that across the agency too and maybe i guess you could say across a lot of uh businesses now too just trying to find people to hire certainly in our business is is becoming more difficult and and then once they are hired keeping those people because i think our state rates is one of the lowest paid for wardens in our region wow and so has fwp gotten an opportunity to respond to the report they did respond in writing to the report. It's attached to the report on the bottom. Uh, they agreed with all of the conclusions and have already taken steps uh, to address the issue. Obviously, the previous chief is 
has uh, retired with compensation, which is kind of unusual. And um, new chief is at, at the helm. Uh, so they're making some of these changes tomorrow, which is October 5th. I'm not sure when this airs, but October 5th, uh, they'll be presenting the audit in the audit division hearing. And uh, that'll be another opportunity for FWP's director, Justin Temple, Dustin Temple, to respond to um, what was in the audit. But so far, yeah, they've, they've agreed with all the findings. All right, Brett. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on and, and giving us the down low on this. You're welcome. Montana Untamed is a podcast from the newsrooms of Lee Enterprises' Montana Newspapers. Visit any of our websites or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.